Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book Betsy Timboom, Promise of God by Mike Evans, with permission of Time Worthy Books, and we are on Chapter 35. Early next morning, I boarded the trolley and rode out to the church in Belson. I found Father Anderson in the sanctuary, and we took a seat on the front pew. Glancing around at the room, I said, Do you remember the day my nephew Peter played the Wilhelm here? How could I ever forget, he smiled. That was one of the greatest moments in the life of our congregation. They haven't seen the same since. My sister was so angry with him for doing that. It was risky, but it was also spontaneous, and it gave everyone a moment to say they disagreed with the current situation, spiritually as well as personally. I wanted to ask him just how spontaneous the music was and whether he knew in advance what Peter was going to do, but I refrained and instead asked, was everyone pleased with it? Not all. We had a few who were disgruntled, but on the whole, most people found the moment very invigorating. I noticed some who didn't think too happy while he was playing. Did anyone have any trouble from it other than Peter? Several were questioned, but Peter was the only one arrested. Is something on your mind? I nodded. I've been thinking about that day when we were leaving. You spoke to me. You remember what you said? I said we should all have the courage of our convictions. Did you mean that? Yes, of course. We should all have the courage to live by our convictions. I think that is one of the chief aims of Christianity, that we should have convictions and then live by them. You have convictions? Of course. But what are you asking me? Convictions regarding what? Regarding... I wanted to move carefully towards my point to make certain he was with us and at least not against us, but I was having trouble getting on with it. Regarding our current situation, I said finally, Oh, well, he began with a note of disgust. I found our current situation deplorable. The Germans are lost in a web of evil, and we have not a single clue how to get out. They've done the things they never would have done just 50 years ago, and we're paying the price for it. And what about the Jews? Oh, yes, they're paying the worst price of all. So are you with them? If you mean, am I sympathetic to their predicament, then yes, of course. I could tell he was growing impatient. Most people don't realize that God has not forgotten his covenant with them. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. If the Germans do not repent, he will bring judgment on them. I say that to you and to anyone else who asks, although I would say it to them in private. Why not say it from the pulpit? I have asked the Lord that many times, and the response I get is that I must be here, looking after the flock, my people, teaching, leading, protecting them as, as I can. If I speak my heart on Sunday, I would be in custody before Monday morning. He gave me a curious look. Is all this really why you came out here to see me? Just ask me. He gestured to our surroundings. This is a sanctuary. I am a priest and you will not be reported. I shook my head. This isn't what I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to make sure our conversation was safe. Well, now you can be sure, as sure as our current circumstances will allow. So tell me, what is on your mind? If voices in my head were screaming at me to keep quiet, but my spirit said, speak. So I took another breath and tried again. If you had the opportunity, could you place small children with Dutch families? Yes, I'm sure I could. What if those small children were Jewish? Could I place them with Dutch families? 
Yes, could you? He took a deep breath. How small, very small. Here in the local homes, or anywhere, anywhere. I think so, he nodded his head. Yes, I think so. Jewish children would be much more difficult, but it could be done. I need your help. His face softened in a kindly smile. If you're interested in helping children, infants, I noted. If you're interested in helping infants, I have someone you should meet. Do you have time to take a drive? A drive meant access to a car and the gas to operate it, and the raised questions on many levels. A drive is in a car? Yes, come on, I'll show you. Anderson led the way through the building to a driveway and back where a shining black automobile was parked. I was already suspicious just from the mention of it, but seeing the car made my heart skip a beat. Automobiles were rare since the occupation and gas even more so, but my spirit did not object, so I pushed aside the worry and climbed into the car with him. He backed it from the parking space, drove up the street a ways, then turned around and headed across town. A few minutes later, we entered what obviously had been an affluent neighborhood before the German invasion. Large houses surrounded by expansive grounds were set back from the street with lawns that had once been interspersed with gardens and shrubs. Now the shrubs were unkept with branches sprawling in every direction. Weeds cluttered the gardens and flower beds and ragged stumps were all that remained of the trees that once stood tall. We passed a half a dozen houses before Anderson slowed the car and turned into a driveway that ran towards a huge three-story mansion. As we idled towards it, I could see the trim was crumbling and in need of a coat of paint. A downsprout dangled precariously from one corner, and a long piece of gutter lay across a clump of bushes. Anderson brought the car to a stop near the garage and got out. Come on, we can let ourselves in from here. Then he led the way to the back door and opened it without knocking. Inside, the house was damp and cold. Hardwood floors that had once been polished and smooth were now scuffed and dusty. As we made our way down the main hall, our footsteps echoed through the house, and I saw room after room empty of furniture. I imagined what it must have been looked like many years before, filled with antique furniture, the walls covered with expensive paintings, and servants attending to every need. Now everything was gone. At the end of the hall, we could see the grand staircase that wound its way up to the second and third floors. He turned right, and we stepped towards the doorway into the front parlor, where we found a man standing at the window, gazing out to what was left of the lawn. He turned and smiled at us as we entered. Father Anderson, I thought it was you when you drove up. They shook hands, and then Anderson introduced me. Mr. Keesing owns a publishing company, Anderson explained. I did once, Keesling corrected but it seems I merely operate a printing press for the Nazis. I suppose I shouldn't complain. Someone has to print their propaganda pieces, and it affords me a better living than most. He paused to gesture to our surroundings, though it's nothing like what it used to be. Anderson continued, Mr. Keesing was instrumental in organizing the children's transport. Your brother helped with that effort. We managed to get all the Jewish children out of the refugee camp before the Germans invaded. And, Keesing said, picking up the topic, after that we expanded the effort to include Jewish children from anywhere, and with the help of others, were able to rescue almost 2,000 children. He had a wry smile. The Germans still hate me for that. Only keep me around because they need my printing capability and don't have anyone else to make the machines operate. Betsy, Anderson urged, ask Mr. Keesing what you asked me earlier. I felt uncomfortable launching straight into what I wanted to ask. I haven't, 
I haven't even explained everything to Anderson, so I began with a question. If you had an opportunity to help 86 Jewish infants, would you do it? Kiesing answered immediately, without a doubt. His words were clear and firm, and his eyes didn't dart away when he spoke to me. Right now, I pressed. It would take a day or two to coordinate things, but yes, I'll be ready to assist you immediately. You have these babies now? You would place them in homes where they would be safe? Absolutely. Do you have the babies now? Yes, sir, I said softly. We have them. Good. Tell William to come see me at once. I know what to do. That's the end of chapter 35, and next week we will read 36. I uh, just really appreciate the heart of the men and women who's, who really put their lives on the line to rescue uh, not only Jewish babies, but the Jewish uh, people as well. Praise God for that. Well, I love you, and I'm praying for you, and bye-bye for now.